You're listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church in Jacksonville, Florida. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org. Now let's listen in. You know, as we were reading, as I've been studying through the book of Acts, have you guys been reading? I've asked you all to read. I, you need to keep just rereading Acts. And just keep reading it. Let the Holy Spirit speak it to you. Um, but I, I'm going to try and cut this short. So I'm going to jump into where I would be. This is mid. I just cut off 30 minutes, okay? So you all be happy. Um when we read about in Acts chapter 1, and we mentioned a minute ago about Jesus said that you know, for those guys to wait, and they'd be baptized in the Holy Spirit, and they would receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon them. And then remember the whole thing where they were speaking in tongues, and the people that were there thought they were drunk. Um, and we talked about how it wasn't just speaking in tr- tongues, but apparently there was other things going on that would give the impression to outsiders, these people were drunk. And I, it doesn't really say, my assumption would be that they were, they were probably just full of joy and laughter and probably dancing around and, you know, hooting and hollering and acting a little Pentecostal, although they didn't know that that's what the term was. <laughs> and, uh, um, and they looked drunk. And then Peter stands up and preaches to them and says, no, this is what, what um, was spoken about in the book of Joel. The Holy Spirit's fallen and these things are going to happen. And so at Pentecost, there's this initial baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then as you read through the book of Acts, and I'm not going to take the time this evening to look at all these verses, but if you, if you read through the rest of the book of Acts, you'll see numerous places where the same people, the apostles and the people that were there at Pentecost, many of them, it will say in numerous other places through Acts that, it, that they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. And, and the power would come on them. And there's many other examples and experiences of, of uh, miracles happening. It says they were, it talks about Stephen, how he, and Stephen was, a, um, he wasn't really one of the apostles. He was one of the, they, we believe, first deacons. And it says he was full of the Holy Spirit, and he did miracles and things happened through him. And it also says that while he was full of the Holy Spirit, they were getting ready to kill him and stone him, that he spoke with such wisdom that they were, they were amazed and, and, and blown away, really, by the, by the wisdom that this, we believe, a young man was speaking because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And there's other places where Paul gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Many miracles happen, and, and Philip was filled with the Holy Spirit. So there's all kinds of, of examples where, um, you know, Peter, again, it talks about in Acts chapter 4, where they prayed and asked for, for uh, boldness to come on them to be able to speak. And it says again, the Spirit fell on them, and they went and they spoke out in boldness. Okay, so those are just kind of many examples of, uh, of not just an initial baptism, but a, a, a filling of the Holy Spirit to, um, to where it's something that we need to continually walk in. That's the point I'm trying to make. Okay, so it's not, it's not just a one-time, oh, yeah, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit back in 1912, and, and <laughs> you know, I don't really need it anymore. I've been there, done that, you know, spoken tongues and whatever. Okay, I'm, I'm not mocking those things. Those are all good things. But if, if you're just going off of it, if you're trying to live your life now based on an experience you had 40 years ago or 20 years ago or five years ago or last week, <laughs> 
We need to continually be being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing, we're done and it's over, but it's something we need over and over and over. And I, for me, it's kind of a little bit of what I was talking about earlier even. It's like, you know, as I read the book of Acts, one of the things that just hits me as I read it is like, where, where, did, those, where did those Christians go? You know, where are they at today? <laughs> what, you understand what I'm saying? Where the, these people that we're seeing all kinds of crazy things happening, miracles and healings and blind eyes opening and the lame guys, lame walking and, and all kinds of stuff going on, what, where, where is that now? Is that available for now? Is, is that something that we can even think is a potential for us? Where, does that make sense to you? And, and for me, as I read through Acts, I see that. And what I, when I read through there, I go, God, I don't want to just read about this. I want to experience it. I want us to walk in this. And then Paul turns around and tells them in Ephesians that not only are you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you to continually be filled. Ephesians 5.18 in, in the Passion Translation says this, And don't get drunk with wine, which is rebellion, and it translates instead, be filled continually with the Holy Spirit. The tense of this, of this word being filled is literally, it's in an, it's, I don't want to get too complicated here, but in the Greek it's called a, a present imperative. And what that means is this, it's imperative is a command. So we're commanded, get this, okay, commanded by who? God, through Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we, usins, are commanded. This isn't, this isn't just a good suggestion. This isn't just a, you know, if one of these days, if you feel like it and you get around to it and you don't have anything better to do, then get filled with the Spirit. <laughs> no, it's an imperative, which is a command, and it's in the present which has the idea of continually letting it happen. So the command is this, continually be being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a command. You got that? To us. <laughs> so we're supposed to do it, <laughs> right? We're supposed, to, we're supposed to get filled with the Holy Spirit, continually be doing that. And I, you know, what, some people ask, well, what, you know, why do you need to keep doing that? I, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think just, you know, we get filled with the Holy Spirit and then things happen in our lives. And, you know, even the scripture talks about us being jars of clay and we're leaky vessels. And, you know, we get filled and, and think you know, the Holy Spirit pours out of us. And, and, and then we wind up and we're not careful doing other things that can kind of sabotage that. And then we need to get filled again. And the good news is this. Look at me. You don't have to wait till Sunday night here for that to happen. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can get it at home. <laughs> you can get filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's a good one. Riding down the road. <laughs> I can remember one of the first conferences we went to. We were still Baptists at the time. And we were actually in a, we rented a king-sized van, one of those 15 passengers. And I'm in the front seat driving. 
And the guy next to me is a Methodist pastor, a good friend of mine that was also filled with the Spirit, but we were both just, we were real young, moving this van full of people from both of our churches. We'd been to this conference, and uh, we all got zapped, and, you know, we'd all, you know, were acting like a bunch of maniacs, and, you know, just rolling around and at the conference, and joy came on us, and people were shaking and laughing, and just all kinds of crazy stuff. And uh, anyway, we're riding down the road at night trying to get home, and uh, and we just somebody decides to start worshiping, and and literally I, I've got to pull off the side of the road because we're we're having a revival in, in this van going down the road, okay? And so you can be filled with the spirit while you're going down the road. My 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 um, instruction would be. You might want to pull off the side of the road if, you, if too much happens, okay? Um, but the point is, is, is we, we're, this isn't just, I, I, I want to get this across. This isn't just, um, this isn't just an option. Amen? We're, it, it, God's not saying, hey guys, you know, if you don't have anything better to do, get filled with the Spirit. He's, he's, not, he's not saying, hey, you know, when you've got everything else taken care of, when all your other ducks are in a row, you know, your kids are raised and this has happened. And I, Have you all found out that you never get all your ducks in a row? <laughs> you ain't got any ducks left. <laughs> I mean, seriously, have you gone through life? I mean, can you remember being, maybe it's a long ways back for some of us, but can you remember being a kid thinking, man, if I can just get to 16, God, I'll be able to drive. And, and, I mean, and then at 16, it's like, you know, man, if I could just get out of high school, if I can get 21 where I can drink legally. Um, notice I said legally. <laughs> um, you know, and if I can just, man, if I can just get married, then it's going to all work out. It's going to be wonderful. You know, glorious, y'all remember that? Before you got married, wonderful, glorious. Um, there's so many places I could go with that. I'm going to refrain. Um, you know, man, you know, when we got kids, it's going, then my ducks will be it. Then, you know, if I get my kids raised, and then, you, have you noticed your kids getting raised and they have their own set of problems, and as a parent, you're involved? I don't see how parents who have 15 kids ever have a moment of peace in their life. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, with three of them, one of the three is always going through something. Imagine if you got twelve kids. I mean, yeah, I don't know how you do it. You got it. Wow, bless y'all. <laughs> but you're always thinking, you know, one of these days, and then you go through life working. If I, one of these days I'm gonna get, I'm gonna be able to retire, and then, then I'll be there. Then I can serve. Then I can I can really serve Jesus and go all out and just be a fireball because I finally got retired, you know. And then you got aches and pains that go along with retirement. Um, but it's it's it, the point is this: this isn't just a, when I get around to it. When I you know when I it's a command that we're to do it. And the other part of that is, and I think this is one of the most important parts of it is. I don't think we're going to make it through this life without it. Being baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. 
I don't think we can do it. I don't, I don't think, especially in the age we live in right now, with what's going on in the world we live in, I don't, I don't think we can make it without being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen, you understand there's a war going on? The one in the spirit, the real one, the main one, not the flesh and blood one, the one in the spirit realm that's happening. We live in a war. We're, we're, we're going to have issues if we're not filled with the spirit. Even with the spirit, you have issues. But you have power to overcome. You can walk in the full. See, what comes along with being filled with the Spirit is not just the power, but comes fruit of the Spirit. You get filled with the Spirit. It's the Spirit of who that lives in me? Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus. Fact is, if you're reading Acts, it says that the Spirit of Jesus came on them at Pentecost. That's the Holy Spirit. It's all, they're all one. You got that? I don't, don't ask me to explain it. Nobody can explain it. But somehow they're all one. So when the Holy Spirit comes on us, Jesus comes on us and in us and lives in us. And when we get filled with the Spirit of God, that's where Paul talks about in, in Ephesians, when he talks about being filled with the Spirit, then we're going to have, not only are we going to walk in the power and the miraculous, but we're going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit as well. And guess what happens when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit? Guess who we start looking like? Jesus. Amen? I mean, if I'm walking, if I'm filled with the Spirit of God, it's easier for me to love someone because part of the fruit of the Spirit is love. It's easier for me to walk in joy even when hell's breaking loose, even when problems are happening, even when I can't pay my bills at the end of the month, even when sickness happens, even when struggles come on, when things are happening, I can still walk in joy in the middle of that if I'm filled with the Spirit of God because the fruit of the Spirit of Jesus is going to be in me and living in me and through me, and I'm going to look a lot like Jesus. <laughs> Amen? And I'm telling you, when, see... When that happens, remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you a guy that really dealt with me as I was reading my quiet time several weeks ago. It's like the verse where it talks about how the people ask you about the reason for the hope that is in you. And I was, I was reading that, I felt like the Lord told me, when's the last time somebody's asked you about the hope that's in you? <laughs> and I, what I want to say is this. When we're full of Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is living in us and through us and out of us, and we begin to look a lot like Jesus, people will start asking you about the hope that's in you. Amen? I just keep, look at me. There's a crazy world we're living in right now, and most of the people around us have no hope. None. They don't understand what we understand about having hope in the middle of all this. They don't have any. They're bombarded on all sides. Look at, I mean, there are, you understand that right now you can watch garbage <laughs> news on TV 24-7 and I want to tell you, I hope this doesn't catch you by surprise. 99.9999% of it is worthless. 
You know what happens? You start watching that stuff and start feeding on that stuff. I got, I got family members that are so fearful to, it's like they won't even hardly get out of the house because they're so fearful of what might happen to them. If they get outside, something's going to get them. And it's because they stay glued to this filth on TV that keeps feeding them fear. That's what it, it's a spirit of fear that the world is trying to put on them through the news media and all the other junk that's happening. It just feeds that fear. And before long, you're afraid of your own shadow. I know people like that, y'all. <laughs> when you're full of the spirit, that doesn't happen. I want to close with this. I want to read a quote to you, actually two quotes. Both of them are from Francis Chan. In case y'all haven't figured it out yet, I like reading him and listening to him. This is the question, this is something he had written that I just can't get around. If it's true that the Spirit of God dwells in us and that our bodies are the Holy Spirit's temple, then shouldn't there be a huge difference between the person who has the Spirit of God living inside of him or her and the person who does not? Good question. Follow me on this one. Years ago, he's saying, Francis, when a random thought came into my head, I decided to share it with my wife. He asked her the question, have you ever wondered what caterpillars think about? I asked. <laughs> not surprisingly, she said, no. No. <laughs> I then proceeded to tell her about the confusion that I imagine a caterpillar, caterpillar must experience for its caterpillar's life. For all of its life, it crawls around as a caterpillar on a small patch of dirt up and down a few plants. Then one day it takes a nap, a long nap. And then what in the world must go through its head when it wakes up to discover it can fly? What happened to its dirty, plump, little worm body? <laughs> what does it think when it sees its tiny new body and these gorgeous wings? As believers, we ought to experience the same kind of astonishment when the Holy Spirit enters our bodies. We should be stunned in disbelief over becoming a new creation with the Spirit living in us. As the caterpillar finds its new ability to fly, we should be thrilled over, over our spirit-empowered ability to live differently and faithfully. Isn't that what the scriptures speak of? Isn't that what we've been longing for? It really is an astonishing, astounding truth that the spirit of him, listen to this, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Did y'all get that? It's an astonishing truth that the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. He lives in me. I do not know what the spirit will do or where he'll lead me each time I invite him to guide me. But I'm tired of living in a way that looks exactly like people who do not have the Holy Spirit of God living in them. Let me read that again. I'm tired of living in a way that looks exactly like the people who do not have the Holy Spirit of God living in them. I want to consistently live 
with an awareness of his strength. I want to be different today from what I was yesterday as the fruit of the Spirit becomes more manifest in me. I want to live so I am truly submitted to the Spirit's leading on a daily basis. Christ said, it is better for us that the Spirit came, and I want to live like I know that's true. <laughs> I don't want to keep crawling when I have the ability to fly. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't want to keep crawling when I have the ability to fly. I love that scripture where it says, those that wait on the Lord will renew their, will mount up with wings and renew their strength, will soar like eagles, not walk around like a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> Don't you want more? Let's stand up. Thank you, Lord. I always encourage you, just whether it's standing, your hands open, raised on your face, on your knees, just get in that position and just ask the Holy Spirit to just give you more. Ask him to come on you and, and wait on him. Just let him come. Let him fill you up. He said... Jesus would not have commanded us to be filled with the Spirit if he didn't want to come and fill us. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Come. We want more. We want more of you, Jesus. We want, we want your kingdom to come. We want to walk, Dad, in, in your strength, in your power. We want to be conquerors, overcomers, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Just empower us. Fill us again. Give us more, more of you, Lord. Come, Jesus. Give us more, Lord. More, Lord. Let it come. Let your kingdom come. Father, I pray you give give specific uh, instructions, give specific words to your people. Dad, I pray you would just move in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray you would come and set us on fire, Lord. Set us on fire for you, Lord. I pray you'd stir up, Father, stir up that fire that's in us, stir up that flame. Set us on fire, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Dad, we ask you just to release in us, Lord, the gifts of your Spirit. We pray for a release of words and prophecy and tongues and interpretation for gifts of healings and miracles, Lord. We pray you release, Lord. Let's release your gifts upon us. Release the fullness of your Spirit, Dad, where we'd walk in the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. 
our lives would be changed and transformed. Let it come, Lord. Come, Jesus. Come, let your kingdom come. Release your power, Lord. More, Lord. Father, I pray you'd put a dissatisfaction in us for anything less, Lord, than all you have for us. Lord, just put a divine dissatisfaction that we would not be contented to just live, but we would want more of you, Lord, daily in our lives. We want to walk with you, Lord. Stir up the hunger and the thirst in us, Father. You've been listening to a teaching from Vineyard Church. For more information on teachings and special events, visit us online at www.vcjax.org. That's vcjax.org.